Raunchy Power Hour, a book club for discussing romance from the erotic to the erroneous. As always, this is an explicit podcast and contains strong language, adult themes, and sexual content. If you are sensitive to these things, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now. Welcome to Raunchy Power Hour Gets Opinionated. Today, we are going to play Smash or Pass, This or That, and Would You Rather with Bookish Things. I'm your producer, Ashlyn. I'm one of your bookish hosts, Sydney. I'll break your spine like a book spine. I'm Lauren. Oh, no. Now get ready to get raunchy. (laughs) They just get worse every time. Cindy, I have a question to ask you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Of all of the recent book talk trends that Mm. you have seen, what has been the least favorite? We're starting off hot. Oh, I don't. Oh, I (laughs) don't. We're ripping the bandaid off. My least favorite? Or among the least. Among the despicable the few. Hmm. I think my least favorite TikTok, uh, book talk specific trend is it's kind of like when book talk authors do what TikTok musicians do and they're like, I wrote the song of the summer. And with book talk, it's like, I just wrote the best fantasy fay book romance slow burn ever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I understand the market. I am a part of that market. But I'm tired. <laughs> My answer was going to be very similar, coincidentally. I we're already we're already on the same wavelength tonight. Do you know those book talk book talkers, I suppose, who like will debut a novel, but being the most like cryptic, elusive intro ever. So it'd be like, Yeah, when you're walking down the street and a man pushes you down. And you turn around to look at the man to confront him, but he's hot. Like, it's the weirdest stuff ever. And I'm like, is this the cold open? Is this oh, even no, in the book? Oh, no, he's hot. <laughs> oh, no, he's hot. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I get those on Pinterest, and they kind of remind me of the intros into, like, webtoons. Like, you know, the webtoon um, mm-hmm. Intros sometimes that they do, which don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Again, I'm part of the demographic who consumes this media, so I'm not trying to. I'm calling out my own people. <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn is currently showing us her webtoon app. Yeah. Oh, not a webtoon app. Ashlyn, you can't show us porn while we're recording. <laughs> uh, it's even worse. So those like. Stories that I was sending to the RPH um, for like, oh no, yeah, oh um, no, I to download it. So these are like 
non-commercial, like free to read, just like not edited. Okay, yeah, yeah. I have to read them. <laughs> for for anyone wanting to read just the best stuff, uh, the <coughs> app is Galatier. G-A-L-A-T-E-A. Um, and I get the ads for it all the time on Instagram, especially now that I started sending them to you guys. It's bad. It's fun. Well, it's I know bad. what I'll it's be bad. doing tonight at the ripe hour of 4 a.m. Thank you. Same here. Well, speaking of opinions and rancid social media book talk, we have many opinions tonight, I think. I hope. Who cares, really? Yeah. <laughs> Again, and also, like, these are just our opinions. If you disagree or agree, um, let us know. And um, we'll fight about them with you in the comments, because guess what? We're right. You're wrong. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up right now. We are the defining members of, of book talk. We're like the the we're like the fates in Greek mythology. There's three we of are, us. There's yeah. one brain cell that we pass around between the three, and it <laughs> it's it's declares all. Exactly. So just hear ye, hear ye, all book talkers. This is the decree from Ronchi Power Hour. Your shit sucks. <laughs> oh don't cancel us please <laughs> Ashlyn would you like to start us off with a softball perchance uh, would you like to play smash or pass this or that or would you rather first let's do this or that first let's keep the smash or pass for last smash or pass for last okay Um, something easy something easy how about Paperback versus hardback. You said easy. <laughs> it was supposed to be. I will say hardback. And that's coming from someone who's just in graphic design and I love it. And I love the opportunity for more graphic design in books. It's free real estate. Free real estate. <laughs> you know... For someone that buys a lot of paperback books, I think it almost stresses me out more because I'm also someone that is very polite to my books. Like ever mm -hmm. since I was a child, we're already going on tangents, the first one, I apologize. Yeah. As a child, like I'm telling you, like eight years old, I had the Magic Treehouse box set because I loved those books and we read them in my second grade class. And my mm -hmm. teacher needed the next book of the series. And so she knew I had them and asked me if she could borrow them for our class reading. They're paperbacks, obviously. She like bent the the cover all the way back around. Like I don't know how to how to audibly describe that, but like full on just folded the cover around and I cried. And I Blah. was eight. No. So I think Blah. long story short hardbacks are preferable only because i don't stress as much about like creasing the spine yeah or, like water damage or yeah. yeah okay here's my tangent never never break the spine or dog or like dog ear or um 
or what's it called when you like when you do that newspaper thing i call it like a newspaper thing because it looks like that's you're like a great way curling a newspaper yes. never do that to someone else's book if you are borrowing a book and also this goes for library books if it is not your personal book never do that it's kind of like when you go into nature leave no trace be kind to your books you want them to be around for a while this day the only book that i have dog-eared on like intentionally was november 9 yep (laughs) that was a disrespect yeah but yeah that's all i have to say that's me getting on my my uh soapbox i'll probably get back on a couple times on and off (laughs) yeah definitely definitely female lead or male lead (laughs) i already i already i think i have my opinion do you mind if i go go first go ahead i'm going to say male lead but not for the right reasons because notoriously at least in my reading experience i find that male leads are often written as more strong independent ambitious and consistent characters than i think a lot of women are especially when the authors are men i find sometimes a lot of female leads will fall either more into like mary sue buckets or like manic pixie dream girl buckets and not to say that you can't write a great female lead. Like some of my favorite books are actually ones that have really well written and dynamic female leads. I just struggle to find a consistent, like, choosing of books that portrays women in such a light. And yeah. so, for the sake of my own sanity and ease, I will probably reach more and trust a book that has a male lead. So I'm going to sit there and be like, well, at least I'm not going to hate this representation of the male character. <laughs> but that's my take. That's such a good point. Because I was about to say, if we wanted to make this an even more interesting question, it would be, would it be a female lead written by a man? <laughs> or a Hell male lead? No. Yeah, written by a woman and I'd be like male lead all the way because I agree with that I think I think it's also easier this this could be taken out of context so easily I think it is easier for us to write male male or male presenting characters within books because we've had such a perspective on that experience for so long so it's I don't think it's as hard sometimes for a woman to write a man Except for Benton Kessler and November 9th. What the fuck was that? Um, also, same thing for the Mr. himself. Lord Trevor Thick. It's Lord Trevor Thick to you, fucker. Brilliant um, male lead. Loved him. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would kind of agree with that. And again, I 100% agree with you. When a woman character or a female presenting character is written well, chef's kiss every single time. Um, and I love and I actively seek out books with female characters. I'm trying to find another word that's not female because the females um but 
I think I lean more towards male protagonists at times because I'm like, at least I know if he's being misogynistic, it's not internal. That is valid. <laughs> and I, Lauren of the Rachi Power Hour podcast, approve this message. <laughs> Again, I love female characters. Don't get me wrong, please, please. <laughs> Don't hate us. Please donate me. <laughs> Audiobook versus physical book versus ebook. <gasps> oh, wait, should we maybe do a tier? Maybe we should rate them from least favorite to favorite. I like it. Okay. You go first. Damn it. <laughs> if you're um, not ready. Okay. But... No, no, I have my order. Ebook is at the bottom for me. I am a physical person. I love a good physical book. Fan fiction, on the other hand, ebook all the way. Um, but it's really hard for me to choose audiobook and physical books because I am an active participant in both. Um, but I will say audiobook, then book. Um, just because books obviously got me into reading and all of that in general. And I wouldn't have found audiobooks had I not fallen in love with reading a hard cover, like a physical copy of a book first. Um, I will say though, audiobooks, it depends on the day. In my opinion, kind of switches because I love listening to audiobooks because a story can just come alive with great voice actors and really great storytelling and there's nothing that beats it sometimes because i'll be driving down the road on certain points and i'll just go i was listening to this part of this book when i was um driving through here and i think that's something really special i really appreciate all of the critical thought and like time and respect you gave that question thank you since my rating is going to be exactly the same, I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the rancid route. Go and explain my reasoning. Be rancid, rancid. <laughs> Ebook at the bottom. I've tried. I just can't do it for some reason. Like I think maybe it has something to do with staring at screens. I stare at screens a lot of the day for my job, for my education, and I feel like. If I need to commit to sitting down and reading for a certain chunk of time, I'm going to be a lot more prone to being distracted and like wanting to stop earlier on an ebook than a physical book. So I feel like there's like a psychological separation there, you know? I think that's a good point. Now for the rancid. Okay, there we go. I was about to say, where's the rancid? <laughs> yeah, here it comes. So, audiobooks. I'm a little goblin and I like to fall asleep. To the sound of people talking. Oh. I have tinnitus. And so I'm like, hey, brain, let's not think about impending doom and also this like high-pitched worrying that we hear at all times because I like to be alone and I don't like to hear the screaming that's in my head, both metaphorically and also physically. So let me turn on compilations of J-Schlatt or Game Grumps, or Markiplier plays FNAF, <laughs> like Ashlyn's loving me kisses, like a freak. And I lay there and I wake up at 3 a.m. sometimes to hear Markiplier going, Hey, Freddy! Freddy, you bitch! Freddy! Like, and I'm just like, yes, this is serenity. 
<laughs> oh, so calming. With that being said, I have trained my brain to fall asleep to the sounds of people talking, especially when they have really nice, soothing voices. Audiobook, mm-hmm. they put me to sleep. I like, it's a me problem. It's not them, it's me. That's Phys- funny. Yes. Physical copies. Hold my attention the best on a serious answer. Also, I'm a dark academia slut. And I love having physical books littered around my apartment. I literally have mm-hmm. them just like in piles. I have them in my apartment. Like I look like like a wild harebrained professor. Have I read most of the books in my possession? No. But I feel sexy having them. And that's my monologue. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Series or standalone? Series. All the way. Can I give the cop out, it depends answer? No, you gotta choose. Standalone. (gasps) Okay, here. You give your reason for standalone, I'll give mine for series. I've got commitment issues, but not in the (laughs) way... Not in the way that you think. Series commitment issues. Book club. (laughs) Yes. I have this sick masochistic desire where if I read a book that's like, like, just bad, I read it. I'm a completionist. And in my brain, I'm like, I have to suffer through the rest of this series. And it ends up being worse than the first. And I feel miserable. I am so much more comfortable with a standalone, especially when they're well-written. Because, yes, I'm devastated if there isn't a second book. But at the same time, I feel like it stands out to me on its own as, like, having been a very powerful, memorable book for me that I will always treasure. And you don't run the risk of ruining your vibe with a bad or lesser-written sequel. Like, I'm literally looking at Babel by R.F. Kuang, literally my favorite book of all time. I will get a tattoo of it. I love you, RF Kwong. We follow you on the Raji Power Hour podcast, and I like every post you make. (laughs) If that book had a sequel, I know it would never live up to the first. She's a fantastic writer. There's just no way in hell. And I feel like that would ruin the vibe for me. So with my commitment Mm -hmm. phobia, I can't do that to myself. That's fair. That's fair. I I say series because I, I also love a fantastic standalone but i have noticed hush siri sorry siri decided to talk to me (laughs) i'm sorry were you reading smut books yes (laughs) (laughs) um so i i just have very special attachments to certain series and so i will like Harry Potter and Percy Jackson were my first two really big ones. And I know that Harry Potter is controversial now and I won't get into all that. And I know all the issues with that and the author. Um, But those two series really brought me my love of reading and characters. And I... And when a standalone is super, super good, I would 100% agree with that. I've just found that a lot of standalones are kind of mediocre at times. And I feel there's more dedication and growth as a writer and as an author. If you have 
a longer story that has a multiple book format. So I just like the growth and the time it takes to like longer to fall in love with characters and see how they develop because I think sometimes standalone books are too short and I'm like, but I want more. I need more. I want to see what happens after this. So I will, I will defend series here. I think that's a valid take. I think you probably in liking series maximize the opportunity for like falling in love with characters and world building long-term. I'm too scared of encountering a book (laughs) that disappoints me. (laughs) Yeah. I want to cut it off at 350 pages, never look at it again and not be tempted by the rest of a series that will disappoint me even further. (laughs) Which I just says a lot about me. I'm just turning to look at this, um, the series I haven't completed yet that, well, I haven't even started yet that I need to, but I already have the full box out because I'm ready to go. <laughs> so if that shows you how committed I am to series. Now, if the book, if the first bu- book is bad, then no, I won't finish the series, but. Okay. Valid. I hold more treasured memories with series than standalone. Sci-fi or fantasy? Oof. Fantasy all the way. Fantasy. (laughs) I'm a Doctor Who girly and I choose fantasy (laughs) any day. I... I'll also clarify. My fantasy is like... I'm calling it mid-level fantasy because it's not like super like high, high fantasy like Lord of the Rings fantasy. Um... I just find fantasy more digestible than sci-fi because sci-fi, they try to give explanations for things that are meant to be scientific and like, but don't exist in our world. Then fantasy, it's a completely different thing where they come up with the whole thing. And that makes more sense to me than sci-fi. I will echo that and also say that for me, Science was my most difficult subject growing up in the sense that, like, I'm a very visual learner and I mm-hmm. need to thoroughly understand something. Like, I can't go off blindly of, like, physics is a really good example of, like, you can't oh, really yeah. see these interactions happening. So to me, I can never grasp onto the concepts because I need to, like, fully visualize it in my head. I need examples. I need vivid descriptions of what's going on to make sense of the world around me. I find that fantasy does a much better job of evoking those images to me as it's something that I can more easily grasp onto or like have Mm -hmm. a visual image of because of things I'm exposed to in my daily life than something, especially when you get into the deep trenches of sci-fi where it's like full on like new technology, like hyperspace. I I really can't do. No, I really can't do, especially when you like intermingle politics like that, you lose me completely. Yeah, no. It's tough. Yeah. And I also think with like fantasy at times, there's usually more explanations to be like, long ago, there were four families. And then you get like all of this lore, which you're like, okay, I can comp- I can comp- compartmentalize this in my brain. But with sci fi, they're like, hey, we found this new thing and now we can like do light speed. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm just a widow baby. Explain it to me. <laughs> what do you mean you can break the laws of physics? <laughs> where do we where do we make the laws of physics? 
<laughs> oh my god, they're widowing, widowing <laughs> over the laws of physics. There's widowing a wormhole in space. <laughs> Harry Potter or Twilight? <gasps> oh fuck! <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! I'm biased because I just watched Twilight last night for like the umpteenth millionth time. <laughs> And I'm wearing a Twilight shirt. Wait, you can't do this to me. Sydney, you go first. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I could go first. It's okay. Go ahead. Oh, boy. If we want to talk about what these series have done or popularizing reading especially for young children and young adults specifically young women too yes and bringing a new like subgenre like a popular subgenre fantasy and like having the most memorability in the formulation of like a childhood harry potter deserves respect in that right however no. As as we have touched on, the author is a whale problematic. And don't get me wrong, Stephanie Meyer is problematic it's in her own ways. It, it's Eat not your warm and hard, Stephanie Meyer. Exactly. I wouldn't go on a limb. I don't know. Both of them have issues. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was about to be like, oh she's not mm. I take that back. Um Should we exclude because we both know that both of the authors are very problematic. So what if we just and I think a lot of people here know both are Separate very the art problematic. From the artist. Yeah. yeah, let's try and do that. And also say, we don't condone, uh, we also don't, what's it called? We don't... I think condone is right. Yeah, I, we do not condone the actions of the authors and, and we don't um, support what they say. Yo. With that being said, this is a book podcast. I have to, I have to speak less on my rancid love of Twilight and more about which book <laughs> had a bigger impact on my life and I enjoyed more and my answer is Harry Potter. The Twilight books are fine. I like the movies. The Twilight books are a little... I wouldn't say they're well-written. I'm sorry, Stephanie. They're not. But I can still read Harry Potter as an adult and enjoy it. Hold on, Spider Monkey. <laughs> Hold on tight, Spider Monkey. This is the skin of a killer Bella. Killer Bella. Like, like shut up dude <laughs> i'm team jacob by the way i'm just i'm team bella's dad oh <laughs> bring him in Fox gun oh yeah i'm like a cab is not here today but i was about to be like oh but a cab <laughs> i make an exception for charlie all he kills oh! with hairs <laughs> He only killed wildlife. <laughs> um, so I will agree with Harry Potter on this. Um, and Lauren, no, I, I did not like the Twilight books. I hated them in all honesty. Um, I read them because a friend of mine was reading them. And I do remember like consuming them very quickly. Um, but. I hated the characterization of Bella. She was my first introduction into a Mary Sue. Um, 
And so I, she was spineless. She was just like not an interesting character whatsoever. Um, honestly cared more to more about uh, the vampire family. And I wanted to learn more about them than I did about Bella. Cause I was just like, good God, she's a whiny teenager. Anyway. Valid um, take. Yeah. So I will agree with Harry Potter just because of how it, it, it is a huge impact on the world itself and what, the whole series has it's kind of it's changed the world of literature i will give it that um and i it does hold a special place in my heart because of it, it it's a beautiful world that was created and i would i will put harry potter above twilight bookstagram bookish twitter or book talk tube <laughs> booktuber booktubers i actually have an answer for this that has been born out of doing socials for this podcast oh i interacted with book twitter book x whatever the hell it's called now <laughs> for the first time since doing this podcast and there are some delightful little people on there. I love you. I love you all. They're so cute. You could like, like some folks like literally will make tweets being like looking for moots like this tweet if you want to interact and like you like it and then you follow each other and then you just talk about books and then everyone shares like really cute opinions and like they're all excited for new releases. They put me in touch with their recs and also like the awful recs that they want us to read on the podcast. And I just... That's how we found one of our of one of our consistent followers as well. Um, oh, yeah, wait, holds, that's so cute. I know it, it has a very special place in my heart. I don't interact with it a lot, but I watch from the shadows and I enjoy people's posts and I retweet them. Um, book talk and bookstagram give me headaches, respectfully. <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't run the socials i am able to check up on them but for some reason tech talk also won't let me post on our socials i don't know why um so i have not had any amazing great interactions with any of our listeners uh but keep doing that on twitter x whatever um threads at one point we'll see (laughs) (laughs) um but i'll say book talk you do scare me book talk i will be completely honest with you and some of your opinions are so rancid but that's okay that's kind of why i love you (laughs) um i will say there's a lot of problematic behavior on book talk and there are a lot of issues with that community in general i really but what i enjoy about book talk are the people who kind of go against the crowd at some point and will bring up issues with certain popular books and go, hey, do we think this is kind of weird at times? And I do appreciate hearing their opinions. Um, And I really do like, I don't really interact with book Instagram as much. Um, So I would say, I would, I would say book talk because I have the most experience with it. And I follow the most people on there. Bookstore. Online. Like buying it at a bookstore, buying it online. Or library. 
I am a slut for a library. I'm a slut for a bookstore. I will go spend all of my money. (laughs) I don't know why. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know why. But for some reason, I, I love libraries. I love going into them. I've only had one library card in my entire life. <laughs> I want to be a library girly, but I love owning the book <laughs> because I think what's fun about it is I like being able to have the book and then sharing it with my friends. So then I'm kind of the library in a way. Okay. I don't know. I need that. To know that I hold seven library cards in two countries. Beautiful. That's wild. I fell in love with libraries during my undergrad experience in college when I money was tight. You know, your girl was only doing volunteering and basically a part time job, but it was unpaid. And there was this really popular book that I wanted to read. And I didn't want to buy it because it was still like relatively new. Like it was like hardback only, super expensive. And then one day I randomly like went on Google Maps and I saw that there was a library. Like literally I could walk to it from my place in undergrad. And I was like, I haven't been to the library since I was a child taking ACT tutoring lessons. Let me go check it out. And I did. And it was lovely. And I think there's like a little community around Going to the library, at least for me, because, you know, both the places I've had library cards, like, are relatively small areas. And so if you are a frequent consumer, I don't know, patron, patron of the library, the staff will start to recognize you. And then you have lovely conversations. You can learn what they like. And you can do this at a bookstore, too, I'm sure. Um, I was about to say, I the reason I love bookstores is because the people who are selling the books... You know, they like to read. I've rarely run into someone at a bookstore um, who's like behind the cash register that doesn't read because I'd be like, why the fuck are you here? (laughs) That's true. I think like we probably like these places for majority of the same reasons. Yeah, I feel like the reason I'm swayed to library and this is a very unique exception. And I don't know how many states do this, but the state where I live has a deal where if you get a library card at one library, you basically have access to all of the libraries in the state. So like and my state has a shit ton of libraries. So like I literally can access any book ever anywhere I'm at. Um, That's cool. It's pretty swanky. I I enjoy it for sure. I wish I had that. I'd go to the (laughs) library more. It's pretty nice. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'll also add, um, I think the reason I like buying books is because I like to have, I'm a little, you know how there's bookworms? I'm a book dragon. I like adding to my hoard. (laughs) So I like getting all my books and just keeping them all. Um, I will say, don't get me wrong, I will donate a book if i if i'm never going to read it again so a lot of my books have gone to libraries because i very much support the library system but oh yes i like it i want to have a thousand books one day so then i can so then technically my home library is considered a library (laughs) i like that i like that a lot that's my life goal Will I be able to move by that time? No, because I'll have a thousand books. (laughs) So we're going to switch over to Would You Rather? Yeah. Okay. 
These are hard. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Would you rather wait five years for the final installment in a series or get it now, but you must read every spoiler before you can start reading the actual book? Five years. Five years. Five years. So easy. I actually have proof of like, this is not book related, but like a similar thing happened to me where mm-hmm. I'm about to expose the shit out of myself right now. Not, <laughs> not in a doxing way, but in a God Lauren's a freak. Um, I do this every episode. It's fine. I used to be a massive Attack on Titan fan. Mm-hmm. So Sageo, I have the scout cape as a blanket. Leave me alone. I... <laughs> Ashlyn looks disgusted. I I was super into it. I watched it all super quickly. I got caught up. And I can't remember how long. It was probably around the vicinity of like a year before the final <gasps> season was aired. Oh, oh I remember this. Uh-huh. I was and there when it happened. I got spoiler after spoiler after spoiler because I didn't read the manga and it killed my love of the series to the point where I haven't watched any of the final season. And I used to be a massive AOT fan. And I, I still haven't been spoiled for all of it, but I've just gotten major events spoiled. It just, it murdered my love for it. And mm-hmm. I would rather wait a thousand years for a second installment of something than have mm-hmm. 12-year-olds on the internet spoil it in my TikTok comments. Y'all suck. And I think your mom didn't raise you right. I will 100% agree with that. So this happened to me, but with a show, also with a show. <laughs> it's crazy anatomy. <laughs> um, this was during COVID. So I was looking for something to hyperfixate on because, you know, the state of the world was not great. Um, and my, I, I won't spoil it. I'll be the nice one. So if you haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, then it's fine. If you do know, there's a lot of deaths in the show so just a warning don't get too attached to anybody but my dad came into my room and he said oh did insert name here die already and i about lost it because i did not know this character died and it just killed it i i haven't seen a single like full episode of Grey's anatomy since yeah it's because it's no fun yeah it's sad and it's no fun at that point like Hear me. I'm going back up on my soapbox. Go for it. Don't boil shit. If something has just come out, do not spoil it. This also goes out to my good Omens fans out there because you guys almost spoiled a couple pieces of things for me and I swear to God, I was so mad. Um, Do not spoil shit. I know. Put a warning. Put a, put a warning before you spoil shit. Especially if it's just come out. Or give it, you know, the week rule. If it's been out for, like, a week, give the warning. If it's been out for a month and, like, avid fans, you should know what's happening by that time. It's fine. But don't spoil shit. It's not fun. No. I know you're excited. I'm excited, too. There should be a statute of limitations. We talked about statutes of limitations in the last episode. There should yeah. be a statute of limitations for when it's okay to spoil things. Yeah. Yes. This episode goes up before that one. We talk about statutes of limitations in the next episode. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> this is your spoiler alert. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> this is on us just not knowing our posting schedule. Bobby. Um, 
Yeah. I, I think like for me, the golden rule is like, if something has been out for like two weeks, if the hype, the initial yeah. hype has died and I walk in blindly into a spoiler, I'm going to be less mad because at that point I feel for me, like I obviously wasn't that excited to see it. Otherwise I would have made more efforts to like seek it out when mm-hmm. those like first two, three weeks. Yeah. And at that point that's on me. Anything yeah. before that ridiculous or if it's a case where like the book comes before the movie or vice versa Mm -hmm. like don't spoil things in the movie for the book readers or vice versa like don't don't rehash that like give it a couple weeks after the movie has come out then you can talk about it yeah don't do that if you accidentally do it then makes sense don't do it to other people you will make enemies my scout cape has been retired because of you little 12 year old my gray's anatomy scrubs have been tossed (laughs) would you rather read a book where the main character is killed off or where the love interest is cut off cut off would you rather read a book where the main interest is (laughs) (laughs) the main interest (laughs) main interest would you rather read a book where the main character is killed off or where the love interest is killed off love interest can I explain why Go for it anytime. Okay. Spoiler warning <laughs> for uh, the Divergent series. If you haven't finished Divergent, go finish the series real quick and then come back and you'll understand my rage. What the fuck was that ending when the author killed off Tris? Th- that's why. That is my example. Do not kill off your main character. Do not do it. Why? Because we've been following, like, especially if you're in the. Soapbox again, getting back up. <laughs> um, if we have been following in the POV of this one character for the entirety of the book, and then suddenly you kill them off and you switch to a different POV, <laughs> don't do that. Do not kill your main character just for the angst and the feels of it because we have created this emotional attachment within this headspace of this character. That is why I will ar- always argue yes, the pain of losing the love interest. It hurts so good. It hurts so good. It's not infuriating. I literally tossed my copy of Allegiant across the room. I was in, like, I was literally, like, taking a bath, and I just threw it against the door because I was so mad when she died. And it, no, mm-mm, don't kill, don't kill your main character. Lauren, you put that... You get those rancid thoughts out of your mind. I see them coming. <laughs> They're not... <laughs> I am a masochist. I my if you were to look at my top five favorite books of all time. I will not say what books are in those because that's a spoiler in and of itself, but I would average that three or four out of the five, the main characters die. Wow. Yeah. I have a deep appreciation for when that is done well. Like, because I deeply admire a book that can make me weep and feel heartbreak for, like, days. Like, I I want a book to rip my heart out and tear me asunder because, to me, Words on a page evoking the same emotion as someone that like breaks off a relationship would is 
phenomenal. And like that can absolutely be achieved with a love interest dying. And it has happened before. Yes. But I find for me personally, as a reader, when I find a main character that I love who dies with a certain purpose of like, like it feels like it was, it was like time. If that makes sense. Like, like it fits mm-hmm. their narrative, not just for angst. I, I agree with that fully. Like if you rip out a character just for angst and it makes no sense for plot or what choices they would make, et cetera, mm-hmm. that feels weird. If they, if it's done masterfully, I will remember that book for the rest of my life. And I will forever wish that I could write that way. And I will mm-hmm. be jealous. And there's something deeply wrong with me for that. <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. See, I just have book trauma. So <laughs> I actively seek out book trauma. That's why I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I want them to hurt me. <sighs> Would you rather read a book with a cliffhanger ending or a heartbreaking ending? I think I've already answered this. Yeah, I think you just did. (laughs) Okay. Depends. That's what I'm going to say. And I know. And the reason it depends is because if it's a cliffhanger ending. And there's a sequel because it's a series. I love it. I'll eat it up. Like, I'll just go num, 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 num. Um, But I love a good heartbreaking ending. I love a good one. Every once in a while, just a really good cry. I need to be emotionally prepared for when that happens, but this or that. Um, okay. If we're thinking about it, I'm going to think about it in the sense that it's a standalone. Heartbreaking. Because I would be so infuriated if there was a cliffhanger ending and there was nothing left. It's like getting up to a fan fiction and you realize they haven't updated it in like two years. And you're like, fuck. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Would you rather read in an isolated cabin that is infested with spiders or in a noisy coffee shop with really bad music? I have a story. Okay, go. I have not read in a cabin with a spider infestation. It's not that kind of story. I moved to the state that I live in within the past couple of years. I'm a relatively new resident. And in my pursuit of figuring out places I like to frequent, things I like to do, I used to be a coffee shop connoisseur back in my undergrad days. So I was like, surely this place has got good coffee. Coffee? Holy shit. Coffee. <laughs> um, spoiler alert: It doesn't. This state Come here sucks. For your coffee. <laughs> your coffee sucks. Okay, this it, it's ass here. And the one coffee shop that I finally found after months of searching that has fantastic, delicious experimental drinks plays music from like the early 2010s, and not like the good oh, kind. No. It's like Megan Trainer. It's like really cringe shit they also have the don't talk to me before i've had my coffee type signs everywhere it's like chuggy it is chuggy like millennial core but it's the best drinks i've ever had and i have read books in in that coffee shop before it was difficult and i haven't read many but i've done it before 
I will choose that over arachnids. Thank you. Same here. Um, I hate spiders with a burning passion. I understand that they have a purpose on this earth and I'm grateful for it. Stay the fuck away from me. Dude, mm -mm. if mm -mm, no, no, I'm not even going to think about it further. Where I would put my foot down and go to the cabin instead of the cafe. <laughs> it's if it was like hardcore, like techno music, then I'd be like, the vibes are off. <laughs> I gotta go to I gotta go to my little my little infestation cabin and just read in there, I, I guess, for some peace and quiet. They're just playing Skrillex like, yeah, it's like pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nightmare. It's, it's just TikTok noises of the pew, 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 and the boom. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> it's the TikTok songs of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> what do we what do we it's just on repeat for the last speak oh my gosh she's she's wooing in a company job wait i have i have one better do y'all remember the old trend on tiktok where it was like they would tell story time to the beat of one thing about me is when i was the d it's just that of TikTokers telling life stories over the loudspeaker on repeat, and that's what you have to read to. <laughs> I would go to the cabin. I take back everything I said. Or what if it was? Um, it's just a bunch of old vine. <laughs> I can't swim. I can't swim. <laughs> I hate it. Oh my god. Would you rather read a book that is written poorly but has an excellent story or read a book that is uh that has weak content but is written well? I already have my answer. <laughs> you need to answer. I need to think. Weak content but well written. Because I'm gonna slam this book and I'm gonna get hate. I would like to announce that this is an independent opinion of Lauren from the Raunchy Power Hour podcast in no way reflects the opinions of National City. I stand alone in this and I will fight back against the hordes of people that are about to come from my throat. I hated Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. Okay, that book. I want to see it burn. Okay. I do not do enough books. I mentioned earlier I'm a masochist. Even if I really heavily dislike a book, I will likely finish it or pursue the series just to be a completionist, right? This is the one book in the past three years that I DNF. I even got 70% of the way through it and I still gave up on it. Like it, it's bad. The world building, she is a genius for. She is fantastic. The world building, the environment, the even some of the characters, they're fine. I, it is such an interesting plot. It's won many accolades. Like it's a fantastic series. The way the main character is written makes me want to pop my eyeballs out of my sockets and eat them like candy. I hated that book she was obnoxious and i think it was meant to be obnoxious in the sense of like or i should backtrack the main character's inner monologue first person perspective was meant to be someone that's very much like a likable grumpy person to, to put it very just to boil it down to the to the weeds it was written so obnoxiously and stream of consciously that i despised it so I would rather have nothing a book happen. Rather Stephen King it up. No offense, dude. 
I'd rather sing Stephen King up. No plot. Just good writing. That's what I want. End of rant. You've you've convinced me because I was thinking as you were kind of saying that I have not read uh, Deadly Edu- Education, by the way. Um, Don't. No, I'm not planning on it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the reason I would say. I would rather choose something good writing and nothing happening um, because I think it would piss me off more that a good concept is ruined by bad writing because then you feel like you can't use that idea again. And it's just like this, like everything you have is so good and yet you just do not have the skills to make it as good as it can be. And it's so sad to see. Um, I'm trying to think of like a good example. I'm, I'm struggling right now. Um, that is brilliantly put just as an interjection. Like that's exactly the disappointment I felt with deadly education. Yeah. I don't think of a good example for me. Cause I, I know I've read stuff like that. I just can't think of anything right now. Um, I'm trying to look through my books and see if I can figure out anything. No, no over there. Let me look over there. One thing about me about is me. when I was 23, we started a smutty book podcast in the books that we read. <laughs> um, See, I don't have any examples here, so I can't think of any because I can't look at any of them and really think of anything. But I 100% agree with you because I'm just like, I'd be so sad. I'd be so sad that some... <gasps> oh, I know one. Um, It's uh, Dorothy Must Die, which is meant to be like a sequel to the wizard of oz um books slash movie i don't know what they were going off of but the concept was is that another girl is taken to oz and dorothy has become like an evil witch and is like controlling oz and oz has become like this horrendous like murderous like horrible place you would think the concept is great the main character is a piece of shit. I didn't even get through like 40% of the book. I remember DNFing it because I was just like, like, this is such a good concept. And yet this is awful. Like, I just, I literally cannot read it anymore because it's so bad. That's a shame. That sounds like a book I'd be really into. I know. That's why I picked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have an example that's like the opposite direction that is a book with really weak content, but is really well written. And that is Seven Endless Forests, Seven Endless Endless Forests by April Genevieve. Uh, oh God. Tuchulk. The book read it. is so good. It's YA. The book itself is so, it's beautifully written. It is written like a saga, like, um, like, uh, like mythological saga. Mm-hmm. nothing happens it is a lot of walking through the woods the final battle is two pages long huh. and it is it's 600 pages she yeah. thick oh i think another example which i think i'm thinking of your example ashlyn um i tried to read it and i had a dnf it it's called red wolf blue wolf it's won a ton of awards and it's meant to be based off of um, African folktale, I believe. And it's like different stories that have been like collected since a lot of those stories are verbal. And it was somewhat of just kind of a combination of all these stories into one like big epic. I couldn't 
finish it because the writing was there was so much like it was so literally like interesting but nothing happened and the way things were being described it was meant to be very poetic but there was nothing happening so then you were like i don't understand what's going on and it just got to the point where you were like just slogging through and you're just like this is no fun I'm still yeah. singing with my first answer, though. So. Yeah. I might read that book you're talking about, though, Ashlyn. I, we will revisit this conversation. Maybe off the air sometime. I'll let you know. Here we go. It is beautifully written. And I will say she has, we talk forward, she has like a fake religion in the book that is called The Boneless Mercies. And she wrote a second book about that religion. I have not read it. I just got it. But here's hoping something happens. We'll find out. Would you rather read the last chapter in a book first or watch the movie before reading the book? I think movie before book for me. Because before book. Presumably, you read the final chapter, you get spoiled for the the ending of the book, but you, you don't have any, like, contacts for the rest of it. So it just kind of, that would demotivate me to, like, or unmotivate me. That's funny, demotivate <laughs> Unmotivate me to, like, make the climb. If you want to think about books in, like, the plot, like, mountain things that we all used to draw as a kid... Like it would, it would not make me want to climb that mountain through the, you know, beginning, the rising action, all the way to the climax. If I know how the climax is going to resolve on the descent from the mountain, versus yeah. a movie. Yes, I'm also less inclined to read a book, but if a movie is done really well, there's a chance that I may be inclined because I have the full picture, the full context, and I know that oh, the climb up the mountain is good, or oh, the climb up the mountain is not worth it. Like, I have more context, and therefore I'm more willing to read a book yeah. as opposed to picking up the last chapter. Yeah, I, well, I also, I never read the last chapter because I, again, hate spoilers. Um, I know I've done this before where I've watched the movie and then been, like, really intrigued in finding out it's a book and reading the book. Um, I can't think of, like, any examples right off the top of my head right now. But I agree, and I also think... There are parts of a book that you cannot capture within a movie and vice versa. So I think watching a movie first would definitely like color my perception of the book, but it wouldn't like ultimately change my reading experience like reading the last chapter would. Because, for example, I watched the first Harry Potter movie before I ever read the first book. But that was also because that was when all those movies were coming out um, when I was a kid. And I wasn't old enough to read Harry Potter until I got to middle school and I actually started reading them. And by that time, I had seen most of the first one and half of the second one because the second one scared the shit out of me because of the giant snake. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I wouldn't watch past like him going down the hallway and hearing, ah, ah, and I was like, ah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you would have hated me. I can do a really mean parcel tongue impression. <laughs> okay, I'm fine now, but go ahead. <laughs> no, not really. Slither in here. <laughs> <laughs>
Is that the note we're ending that one? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was going to say, is that the note we're ending that one on? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Would you rather reread your least favorite book monthly or never be able to read your favorite book again? (gasps) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm raising my hand like I'm in class. I would rather never be able to read my favorite book again because my least favorite book is so hated. I, and it's actually not Deadly Education. I don't count back because I didn't finish it. The one that I finished, I'm almost afraid to say it because it was a book top book for a while that like got really popular because it's like, it deals with like, Okay, don't gonna, don't hate me. Gonna, can I make a funny joke real quick? Go for it, go for it. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna say the Bible. I mean I mean yes, but I never I DNF the Bible. I hate to say it. <laughs> Sorry, I DNF the Bible, guys. I only I got, got to Genesis. I only got to Corinthians. I can't do it. Really, just you know. Jesus as a character just really didn't stay consistent. He like changed halfway through. Like what was that Old Testament? He like disappeared for a bit and then came back as a 30 year old man. And what was with God and his characterization? First he was like grumpy and then he was like, no, I love everyone. I don't want you to die except for my son. Go do that. Mans, were you on your man period? God, were you? What's going on? Also, what was up with Noah on the ark? Why'd you have to drown everybody else? That was kind of rude. Man. Damn. Yeah, no. DNF. <laughs> DNF is <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> no, my least favorite book. And I feel like maybe not our audience. You know, maybe y'all haven't read it. It is definitely not romance. It's probably what I would argue one of the furthest things. The Bible. <laughs> the Bible. <laughs> but The Vegetarian by, oh, yeah. I can't remember the author's name. You told me this. On Kang, maybe? I'm butchering that. Mm-hmm. Han Kang? Yeah, you got oh, it right. Shit. Look at me. Okay. I, that book is heralded as being very like raw and honest through like an artistic lens of mental health with a focus on like depression. And it's a very artistic take of like following three main characters, like perspective switches. And it's a very short book. It's like not even 300 pages. It perspective switches to like, like describe it in a very Mm avant-garde type way. Not only was the artistry lost on me, I also felt like the depictions of mental health almost felt like monstrousizing. And as someone that like works in a mental health field, it made me viscerally uncomfortable. Not because that's why I feel like I'm able to comment on it. Not because I'm someone that like doesn't have any exposure to these things or doesn't, you know, suffer from it myself. It just felt uncomfortable and not in like a, oh my God, we're highlighting the real dark truth of this. It felt Mm -hmm. like you're trying to paint depression into this like, 
monstrous perverted thing and it was really mm-hmm. weird i didn't get the vibes but maybe there are folks that appreciate it way more than i did maybe there were things that were lost on me that being said not only was it hard to get through it was it truly grossed me out at times and i don't think as someone that does suffer from depression i could stomach that monthly like that would be tough i would rather never read my favorite book again and i probably won't i don't reread a lot of books um i let them them fester like a wound (laughs) (laughs) okay okay (laughs) um i i think i will agree with you on this because what i'm thinking here's my logic um i've already read my favorite book so i already have the experience of loving that book so those memories are already um, there. Um, the book I hate the most, and I'm so sorry to my English teacher back in high school. Fuck Anna Karenina. I hate that book with a burning passion. And the problem is, is like I wouldn't be able to read it in a month because it's over a thousand fucking pages of nothing. Nothing. Spoiler alert for Anna Karenina. Guess what? She commits suicide in the end. She should have done it 900 pages ago. <laughs> That's all I have to say because she literally blames everyone else in her life. She's like, oh no. And he doesn't love me anymore. But then there's a hot, handsome man. I'm going to start an affair. And then I get pregnant. And then guess what? I blame everyone else for my fucking problems. I've never read that book, nor do I know anything about it. I was spared because my English teacher loves me. (laughs) That sounds bad. (laughs) I love my English teacher from high school. Literally, she's a role model of mine. She loved that book. And I didn't understand why. Yeah, that's rough, buddy. I can't. I, li- <laughs> I literally texted my mom when on when Anna Karenina finally died, and I just went. She, I'm like, she finally died, and my mom just went, "Let the bitch burn!" <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was just like, "Oh yeah, uh, she should have been run over a train much sooner," <laughs> which is how she died. She literally jumps in front of a train. That's wild. Yeah, it was awful. Oh, so I'll live with that. doing i look like gojo from jujutsu kaisen i was that horn hot i was about to say lauren why did i become like 10 times more attracted to you than normal is it also because you're I think your eyes were also hidden, so I was just like, oh. <laughs> I love faceless characters, so when you were just like, I can't see, I'm like, oh, hello. Hello. See, if she'd done that, but was doing, like, the the glasses mm-hmm. pose, it wouldn't have been hot. No, it wouldn't have been hot. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> Time for the creme de la creme of our evening. <gasps> Smash or pass. Yeah. Yeah. Alternating POV. Smash. Ooh. Pass. Ooh. Spicy. Explain. It's hard to do it well. When it's done well, it's great. When it's not done well, it ruins the whole experience, to be completely honest with you. Um... 
it's much easier to write in one person's POV than multiple. So I'd rather have one good POV than two or more mediocre ones. That's valid. I said smash so quickly. I don't think I've actually read that many books recently that have alternating POVs, except for, you know, November 9, which that was Mm -hmm. a gem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I enjoyed that alternating POV for the wrong reasons. Um, I also think all I'm also thinking all my favorite books are single POV. I was I was just about to say that I was like, I think a majority of mine. Are single POV as well. Mm The only the only big exception is I'll say the Throne of Glass series um, when they start doing switching POVs. Chef's kiss. I will stick with my opinion. Smash. But that's only because I have no books that come to mind that did it like poorly to the point where it put me off. So Mm -hmm. smash. Hey, yes. Unclear or ambiguous endings. Smash. Smash so hard. Foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. no. <laughs> Listen. I think it's great like kind of like how you said with alternate POVs I think it's great when it's done well and then there are other times when it's like it was clearly done as a way of like I'm too lazy to commit to an ending you write it for yourself and I'm like I don't care enough about this book to think about it longer than necessary but you know we'll mess around a little bit Okay, so Lauren, the game is called Smash or Pass, not Smash for Player Pass. <laughs> Listen, I didn't want to commit to the act. You um, gotta commit. You gotta get over your commitment issues. You gotta pa- you smash or pass. You can't change me in this episode. We've got <laughs> years of this podcast left. <laughs> years! <laughs> I... Smash or pass. I'm hearing more pass. Commit, Lauren. Commit. Can I can I can I phone a friend of like can I phone Ashlyn of like can I get a definition? Like it's like a spelling bee. Ambiguous. Can I get noun definition? <laughs> can I get it used in a sentence? Yeah. <laughs> Endings where you are left to decide what happens. Also, I love foreplay. Like <laughs> Oh, the conclusion of foreplay in the sentence <laughs> smash, smash foreplay or pass I give up I think doesn't it, wait doesn't imply though that the floor play you don't go all the way it's just the foreplay exactly <laughs> I, can't, I can't commit to smashing I can't commit so you're just gonna lead them on or I'm going to get my favors, they're going to get their favors, and then we're never going to see each other again. Okay, I think that's called a one-night stand, but okay. I don't... Listen. They gotta work <laughs> for it. They gotta earn it. And I, and I don't think ambiguous endings earned it. Okay, so I'll pass then. Yeah.
Okay. Yeah. Mine's a smash. Okay. <laughs> I I do love a good like happy ending. Everything's like tied up in a bow, you know. But a good ambiguous ending. It just leads to so much contemplation over the book. And you can just think about the characters and where you think things are headed or how things actually ended up. And I will take a good open ending any day. But that's, again, this goes back to me and my series thing, because I just Mm -hmm. like... I like the continuation of a story. So this just literally goes back to our first thing. And you're just finding out that I just really like series. You like series. I like feeling pain deep within my aortas in my heart. (laughs) And if I'm not given answers and outlets for that pain, where does it go? Okay. (laughs) I don't go to therapy. (laughs) It has to go somewhere. Surprise, sit and surprise reading angsty books is your therapy. It's bad. The classics. Pass. Pass. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've tried. I'm, I have to. I'm too I'm gonna, stupid. <laughs> I am too. Okay. So, like, I understand there's a reason for them. They are great works of literary, <laughs> they're great. I don't want to read about another dead man thinking about how sad he is on the English marsh. I'm tired of it. I'm calling out Wuthering Heights here and literally anything by Charles Dickens. (laughs) You're going to hear the clicky clacks on my keyboard, but I need Mm -hmm. to make sure I'm about about to say this right. I, yeah. I understand why they are such big pieces of literature. I get it. They're big. They're important. Should you read a few in your lifetime? Yes. Do you have to read all of them to like books? No. And I will pass on those any day over a contemporary piece of fiction. I have attempted Pride and Prejudice. I have also attempted the variant Pride and Prejudice with zombies. I can't do it. The movie? Chef's Kiss. I'm too stupid. To, to sit here and enjoy the way in which the language is written. I think it's yeah. a language barrier thing. I mentioned earlier, I need to fully comprehend and understand things and have a like defined visual image when I read. And it's hard to do that when I'm so focused on understanding what every other word means kind exactly. of thing. And also like just the fact that they are so out of our own social and like context in which we do not understand why things like why they talk a certain way or why this is so improper and stuff like that like we do not have that context because we do not live within that society yeah i will say i don't know if this is considered a classic because it was published in 1958 But a separate piece by John Knowles is, to this day, the only classic or classic-adjacent novel that I have read and I enjoyed. And I think it was because it was vaguely homoerotic. (laughs) Or at least that's how I like to remember it. I think... I'm trying to think of any classics that I really liked. I liked Animal Farm. Yeah, that's considered a classic. 
Also, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is considered a classic, which I was kind of shocked by. I love that I said I hated sci-fi earlier, and yet one of my favorite books is The Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy. I think it's well, I think it's just because it's so stupid. Like it doesn't take itself seriously. So I'm just like, oh, okay, I can enjoy this then. Um, yeah, no, fuck the classics. (laughs) You heard of Shakespeare? Get out of here. Shakespeare don't count. Those are plays. (laughs) (laughs) They're not meant to be read. They're meant to be seen. So because of my high school experience, I read a lot of classics that most people have not read. Um, And I have to say, if you want accessible and also entertaining classics, um, East of Eden by John Steinbeck slaps. Mm -hmm. I'm taking another class for it right now because I loved it so much the first time. Don Quixote, while ridiculous, is very entertaining. It's long, though. Mm -hmm. And also the Poison of Bible by oh god, Barbara something can't remember her last name. I'm not sure if it counts as a classic, but it is also very entertaining. So, dear listeners, if you want to sound smarter than you are, I recommend those. <laughs> Would y'all like a fun fact? Yes, please. Yes. Maybe this could be a very short bonus episode of Raunchy Power Hour if y'all are interested. I'm happy to do that, Sid. You can also make a PowerPoint. I have a PowerPoint arguing that I made a few years ago, arguing why fan fiction should be considered a respectable form of literature in which I detail not only the history of fan fiction, like when it was first, you know, conceptualized, the first known fanfic. I also like break it down on like debate points and give examples and quotes and shit like that. Um, one of the fun facts that I will say right now, Don Quixote is has a unofficial sequel that is widely considered the first ever fan fiction attempt. Okay. So I had to read Don Quixote for dear listeners. I graduated from the uh, international baccalaureate program in high school. So Don Quixote was something that I had to read. That was just. Let's go. Um, So we had to study both the background of books and also like the books themselves for my program. So I probably spent three months deep diving into the background of Don Quixote. It's an amazing book. It is credited for like connecting the Spanish dialects together to create what we know as like modern Spanish. It's an amazing book and the history behind it's really cool. However, Mm -hmm. my man Cervantes, Miguel de Cervantes, literally was like, nah, I'm going to make it 450 pages, publish that. Then someone decided to write a ridiculous fan fiction. This man came back. The first chapter of the second part of that book is the fan fiction. And then the second chapter is essentially an FU to the first guy where he says, you're a bad writer. This is what actually went down. And then proceeds to drop another 450 pages about this stupid night in the middle of La Mancha. Yep. It's literally the original Raven, give me back my sweater. And I really love it. (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, my God. I'm down to do a PowerPoint night. I am down to present. I'll just whip out my public speaking skills from high school, which I am a state champion in. So not to brag. (laughs) Yeah, literally, (laughs) you should pick an unhinged like book or fan fiction take to present on i can tell you the length of my powerpoint so we have something Mm -hmm. to like gauge it off of Mm -hmm. but like i can touch up my powerpoint we can do it ashlyn you can bring a powerpoint 
Let's do it. PowerPoint. Fa- and then we'll post all of them so everyone can see them. Fun fact, listeners, when I, um, quote unquote, uh, uh, applied to be part of this uh, book club before we were like a podcast, I applied by reading the book, um, uh, I Spun a Barbarians, and then presenting a PowerPoint on it about how it was a, um, oh my God, what is it? Raylo fanfic. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you were already in the book club before the oh, yeah. slideshow, but it really did submit my like deep festering love for you. <laughs> I love that this was also how I made you two meet. I was just like, do you guys want to read this book <laughs> and then make, talk about it and make a PowerPoint? We had so very good. loose connections from D and D, and then it just yeah. got worse. Smash or pass annotations. I'm gonna pass. I can't annotate while I read. It takes me out of it. I only do it from Raji Power Hour, so I know what's going on. I love the aesthetics of annotating. It's very dark academia, and that's everything I like try to be in my life. I don't do it for the same reasons. It takes me out of it. And also, too, I'm very particular about my books. So, like, annotating in the book is a no-no. And that requires me to bring extra supplies to wherever I'm reading said book. And then to mm-hmm. stop to take full-length notes within, a, like, a spiral-bound notebook. And I'm like, hell no. That's too much effort. I'm a slow reader anyway. It slows me down even more. Like I said, I only do this for RPH and I never write anything like actually in the books. I'm just tabbing things with like a little sticky thing just to show me what I was thinking in that moment kind of. And then I'll kind of write in the notebook where I've put that tab. But I won't do it for like if I'm doing fun reading. mm -mm, Takes me out of the experience. Split timelines. <laughs> Can I get I'm, a definition in the use of the word of the sentence? I'm conflicted. <laughs> a split timeline in this case is when a book has two narratives occurring at different periods of time. So, I don't think of an example. Oh. So, if you have like younger version of character and older version of character oh, okay. occurring back and forth, very similar to split POV, but same character. There is a really good anime that does this for folks that are interested. It's called Erased. It's a murder mystery and it's split timeline. It's really cool. It was my first ever reintroduction to anime that wasn't rancid. Um, I think I'm a fan. I just haven't read books that do that, really. See, I've read books that do that, but I don't know if I like them. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um... I'm going to say pass. Because, again, it's my thing with having two POVs. I just think it's hard to do it well. Um, And the only example I can think of was a bad book is a book that I didn't like um, where it switched in between younger and older a lot. And it just got annoying because I was like, I just want to know what happens in the present. I don't care about your teenage self whining about some teenage boy, you know? But originally, Ashlyn, I thought you were talking about like a dual timeline as in like what happens um, in Throne of Glass with book five and six. 
for context, those books happen at the same time. They're just in two different books. Would recommend you read them at the same time. Like, read a chapter of one, go to the next one. It's called don't do what I reading. It's um, yeah. atrocious. Yeah, uh, but don't do what I did. Don't read. Don't read the good one first, and then have to read the <laughs> read it the other one. I think the most recent book that I've read that does this is actually a coho book. Oh, whoops! I think it's all your perfects. I want to read about Ben Kessler's childhood. Actually, hold on. Spoilers for our November 9th Essa episode. It's too late. Um, Was the manuscript that Ben wrote and we had to read technically a split timeline because we had to go back to like read his like what happened when he was 16? Because he wrote it after he met Fallon that first November 9th. Yeah, a split timeline is when the book is revealing information to you in two timelines. Oh, I see. But it it has to be told in an active voice instead of a passive voice. Mm -hmm. Right. Going back and revealing that information later wouldn't necessarily be like a split timeline thing. Um, Understood. I think All Your Perfects is the book that I'm thinking of. But... um, in the book, the character is 18 and then 38, I think. Ooh, I'm, that might be wrong. Um, where we have like initial interaction with this individual and then later their relationship like as adults. And we're mm-hmm. going back and forth between like the beginning of their relationship and now. And yeah. we're revealed information as the book goes on that gives us pieces back and forth. Okay. Yeah. See, I would just rather read about the present and then them talking about what happened in the past instead of reading what happened in the past. Sure. If my experience with Animu is anything reflective of books, smash. Pies. Romance with no smut slash fade to black. Smash! Smash! <laughs> Pass. Pass, 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 pass. Because there ain't no smashing. That's why. <laughs> I am not a particularly sexual being, to put it (laughs) politely. And reading smut scenes in books is not actually a comfortable experience for me most times. I read them and I laugh awkwardly like a preteen or I skip them entirely because I'm a freak. I like, I love slow burns, enemies to lovers, and I like it when a book ends with them, like, kissing and confirming a relationship. That's kind of it. Like, I, I don't need to see the marriage and the sex and the kids and stuff. Like, that's, that's not me. I'm here for a PG time, not a rated R time, you know? And then I joined this podcast. Welcome. I don't know why. <laughs> I love um, it here, though. So I am a more sexual being. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When I'm reading a romance book, good or bad, I expect there to be sex. And if there's none, it doesn't make sense why you've written the damn book. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me because... 
and maybe my opinion will change later. Again, I've only read a couple romance books in my life and genuinely loved them. Um, but if you're writing a romance book, there should be some banging involved because that's kind of the point of the book. I won't. There'd be smashing. I and if there raise- ain't, I'll be passing. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> I will raise you. And this could just be me as being a freak. I think there's a certain level of beauty in having like a really strong love for one another without like the need for like on-screen sex scenes. Like I think... 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think that like hits home with me a lot more personally as like... Mm -hmm. Oh, it's pining and it's blah, blah. I don't necessarily want to read about dick and balls, you know? <laughs> I don't True. need that to be like they love each other. It kind of takes me out of the moment a lot of the times, to be completely honest, unless it's done very poetically. A good example, mm-hmm. spoilers if you haven't read Song of Achilles, but you may kind of know the Greek mythos, so I guess it's not super, you know. Um, the sex you, you, scene, should, <laughs> you should know by this point it's nearly 2000 years old <laughs> i know i didn't know it when i read it and it made for a wonderful story <laughs> but <laughs> the the sex scenes between patroclus and achilles were actually written with like a very poetic lens and i feel like a lot mm-hmm. of them too were also relatively fade to black i mean it was explicit for a bit and then it was fade to black there's already like completion yeah. you know okay. so here's so here's my argument with that though mm-hmm that book, I don't think, is necessarily a romance. Right. It's like romantic tragedy. Yes. Kind of thing. So, but it's like a subgenre. But if we're going towards... I'm talking about romance in general, kind of here. That, like, I 100% agree. Like, it is written beautifully. I love, love with every fire of my being. Um song of achilles and i'll actually same argument with red white and royal blue um and even one last stop again case me question love you um <laughs> and a lot of those scenes are less descriptive of course i don't want to read about like how he's entering her womanhood or her pleasure cave oh, with, oh. The, with his oh. with his uh man carrot. pleasure yeah man carrot whatever you want to call it um, but even if it's a bad sex scene because it's a bad book, I want to read it because I want to read how bad it is. <laughs> That's and, valid. Yeah. And if this is a romance book, again, romance comes in a lot of different forms. And I'm not going to say like you have to be sexual for it to be a quote unquote like true romance because obviously there's people in this world like who are asexual who do not want or have sex and that is a completely valid and that is completely valid um but if if i'm reading a mainstream romance book there better be some sex there better be something in there because otherwise again what is the fucking point i don't want the stupid pining after one another just get to the point of them boning so it makes sense Series with more than four books. Mash so hard. I think 
in a way we've almost already answered this yeah or because i'm a i'm a standalone girly that's mm-hmm. too much commitment for me i'm a pass okay so i'm just looking at my favorite series right here i've got harry <laughs> potter um percy jackson uh with more than four books okay hunger games can't be included in that um but throne of glass yeah <laughs> um one two three four five the one I want to read is five and oh, if we include graphic novels, the adventure zone graphic novels are more than five. So. Damn. Yeah. Looking at my bookshelf, I have a singular series on my shelf in which there are only five books thus far, and I've only read three. Oh, so. and I'm also I'm also waiting for another one to come in. Um, it's a special edition version of the Lunar Chronicles. Loved that growing up. So I just got that. So I'm waiting for that to come in. I'm very excited. And I believe that's five books instead of four or five. I have an ass asterisk. I can't say that word. An ass? Yes, you do, Lauren. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, I have an asterisk opinion in this. I can fuck with a series when they're all standalones but they're in the mm-hmm. same universe like you don't have to read them in any particular order or you you know you won't lose a bunch of context if you don't read the one before i fuck with that because i was looking at the series on my bookshelf it's a shout out to anthony horowitz who writes pretty good like solid murder mysteries they're very quintessentially british and shit but it's a good it's a good digest to read um you don't really have to read the books before for most of his books. Like you can, it probably does provide additional context, but like you can read them in any order you want. They're very standalone. They're very like, I could read one, put it down, not pick up the sequel for a year. And I still remember things. That's what I like. I don't think I could commit to series where it's like, you must read all of them to like get the full story. Cause that's like a lot of work. And I am lazy. You're not like into the Warrior Cats universe where you have to read everything to understand exactly what's going on, especially the next series that comes after it. You're like, what the fuck is going on? And why are these I came cats out, so crazy? I came out the womb a standalone. I'm an only child. Yeah. I <laughs> There are no series in my family. I was a Judy V. Jones, Magic Treehouse girly. Yes, those are series, but each one is very standalone. Mm-hmm. I, I was not a Warrior Jones. Cats. Shout out to Geronimo Jones. I, I love Geronimo Stilton books. Yeah. They're so good. Why There's did I say Geronimo on. Jones? It's fine. <laughs> the mouse in a green suit. He killed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, there we go. I figured yet, it out. I'm in long-term relationships. You know, I, I have issues and I don't get it. I need a therapist. I've said that already. Okay. Music while reading. Smash. 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 It's specific though. Lo-fi cafe beats with rain. Ooh. See, I'm demented. <laughs> what do you listen to? I go on Spotify and I will type in the title of the book that I'm reading and I will go through the curated playlist of vibes that people have accumulated. But they are like songs with lyrics, like full on pop songs like and I read I stick my headphones in and I read with those playlists on loop 
and it's a different vibe for every book that I read. And then if there is not a playlist, I will make one or find a playlist of a book that's like similar vibes. Please tell me you made one for November 9. I haven't made any for the Raunchy Power Out podcast because they're painful. But I could if we start. Some of them aren't. (laughs) Can we do Ashlyn? Can we do like can we post playlists to our Raunchy Power Hour podcast page? Yeah, we can add links like underneath the episode. Why not? Like, like if someone were to visit the RPH page on Spotify, like, oh wait, what if you you could? Basta, we could like make something where we have all of the playlists. Yeah, like a separate RPH account, like RPH Beats or something like that. Yeah. Wait, that could, that's kind of fun. I kind of love that. I kind of love that. Let us know. Let us know below if you if you would love that. Um, and if you do, um. We can, oh, we should leave it open so people can add to it. And it can be collaborative. If they're collaborative, it privates the playlist. To folks oh, right. Add. Damn. Yeah, it's really dumb. Okay. Well, if you will announce like books and stuff, maybe earlier or something, and then people can then make suggestions to add to the playlist as we're going. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. 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 Okay, I love it. Wait, are we going to have to do it with the erotic encounters of Mothman? It's going to be rancid. Like, I want our bad <laughs> books to be rancid vibes and then the good books to actually be good. Like, that's that's the vision I have. But I'm so down. I'm so ready to help out with this. Hell yeah. We can each take a couple of the books that we've read. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Everybody, please let us know what you think. You know, for Ice Blind Barbarians, I'm going to have to include a Blue Man Group song. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You're going to have to do the one where it's like, in this cold as ice. Or, um, what's the new, it was like two TikTok creators that just came out with a song. It's like, Beats Alien or something like that. They were at the Jonas Brothers concert. Oh. I'll send Not it to my you. my quarter of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. That's cool. Let's do it. Yep. I think I need to set up our Spotify a little differently than it's currently set up. Okay. Like right now, our Spotify page doesn't have like us unless you go to the podcast page. So like our like login doesn't take you to the podcast page. And I'm not sure why. Interesting. That one. Okay. Eating while you read. No. Pass. Smash. With an audiobook, yes, but I can't concentrate and eat while I read. <laughs> I like, I mean, I can't do like full sit down meals, but I can definitely do like chips, you know, just like an absent minded <laughs> food that you can like eat with one hand type thing. I can do that. Yeah. I do go to that millennial cafe and I will order a grilled cheese sandwich and I will eat. i like i can see doing it if i'm like alone at a restaurant and i've got like no one to talk to i'll be like yeah i'm gonna bring a book and read that i'd rather do that but day to day no i'd rather eat than read that's so funny here i am with my greasy little chip fingers with a library book (laughs) leaving my scent on these books 
<laughs> someone's gonna be like, "Is this water Someone- damage?" And they sniff it. It's like Lay's chips. <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Is that American cheese? Did she use a slice of American cheese as a bookmark?" <laughs> a craft single. Why is there a crust in here? That's so good. I probably do have crumbs in like the the the, yeah. the crease of my bone. I also can't talk though because I love reading in the bath and you can't really eat in the bath. <laughs> you haven't tried. No, I haven't tried hard enough, I guess. I'm a disgusting little grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. Reading multiple books at once. Smash. I used to do it a lot more, like when I was younger. I don't hate the idea. I just don't do it for some reason anymore. Like I... I will sit with a book and I will not pick up another, even if I hate the book and I'm moving through it slowly. So mm-hmm. I will say smash. So I'm not opposed, but it's nothing I partake in. So you know what? It's a, it's a, it's like an old fling. Yeah. This is like a, this is like a retired fuck buddy. Yeah. So I say, I said smash so quickly because I do this with my audiobooks and my physical books. Because I work within a space that's very creative, I I don't have to think about like writing down words or like other things like that. Um, so I'm able to kind of go into this creative space. And most of the time I would prefer reading a book rather than listening to music. Um, so that's why I said smash, because I'll have one book going usually in my ears and then another one that I'm physically reading that I'll be like going slower through. But I also read multiple books when we're doing RPH stuff. Like I'll have my RPH book and then a palate cleanser usually. And that's not to say that all of the books we read are rancid. Um, But sometimes I just need something that's not romance. I may actually start doing that with the podcast books. If we have a book that's rough, I may interchange with something else. That's a good idea. That that helps a lot sometimes because sometimes I'm just like I can't do it and I'm like oh palate cleanser it's there let's go yeah I like, like I'm current I'm currently reading one book and I'm considering it a palate cleanser since it's in between RPH books it's called Remarkable Creatures and literally one of the main characters is a Pacific octopus oh and you go into his perspective okay it's good so far it's nothing weird. I I know you freaks and I know you, Lauren. It is not what you think. It is about an octopus and I think he's trying to leave the aquarium because he's like, I'm about to die. I think. I haven't gotten that far in this book yet. Is it like existentialism? But I, with... I think, but it's an octopus. That's iconic. Yeah. I like that. I think this is a controversial one. Oh, okay. Dust jacket. Smash. Can I, get a, can I get a definition? <laughs> Here, can I give you a definition? Yeah. It's literally the paper that's usually on the outside of a book. Oh, yeah. Smash. Yeah. Who wouldn't? 
Okay, unless they're ugly or if they're okay, Ashlyn, yeah, you you go away. You go away. Um if they're ugly, then I I will I I have been known to take off a dust jacket or two. Um especially if it's like a movie poster one, I'm like, blah, get out of here." Um but again, this is the design nerd in me and this is the I would love to go into this field honestly someday if I could. Um but people work really hard on the dust jackets, so be nice to them. And also, when you don't have a bookmark, having a dust jacket, like little flap sleeve, it works very well. That's a good point. I yeah. have never... The only books that I have read that didn't have a dust jacket with them or I removed the dust jacket were ones that I keep solely as decoration for my dark academia cave. Um mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel particularly inclined to read them. I am very much ooh woo shiny thing. Let me gimme gimme. Like I'm I'm very yeah. suckered in by cover art and you know, I think the that's going to be on the dust jacket like naturally. So like yeah. yeah. Plus I say dust jacket too because it honestly gives the designer or the artist even more opportunity to be even more creative and convey more of the st- story because I've seen many yeah. examples where you remove the dust jacket and it actually shows something completely different underneath or it reveals yes. something about the story. I, I'm a slut for that. That long pause. <laughs> yes. I am a so, slut. Yeah. And considering I've also done some before, I will not say where. Because I do not want to dox myself. Okay. Oh, Bobby Pin, please continue. Oh, oh, yeah, you better go get that. Um. So yeah, I'll say Smash, unless it's ugly or a movie poster. <laughs> you cannot. Apologies for the interruption. You can't emo run from me and expect me not to laugh at you. Did I do that? Yes, you did. You would... <laughs> did, did you not know you did that? No. You literally... You stood up. <laughs> was it a Naruto run? <laughs> yes, it was a full-on Naruto run. I was just trying to scare my cat and it was a Naruto run. <laughs> Oh my god. I need cameras in my house. (laughs) Our final smash your pass for the evening (gasps) is binge reading. Any definition of binge reading? Any use in a sentence? Please use it in a sentence. Oh, gosh. I guess everyone has their own definition of binge reading. Um, I once consumed an entire trilogy in nine hours. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that I I wish I could binge read. I am a very slow reader for reasons I don't know why. I'm just slow. A book that would take a person three hours would take me anywhere between five and six. Like, I like double the length most people read. 
I don't think binge reading is like possible for me. Well, maybe we change up the definition. Maybe for you, it's just like you consuming a large portion of a book. And maybe like you just don't like or you finish a book within a relatively short period of time. Yes. For you. In that case, I'm actually going to pass because for me personally, it leads to burnout a lot quicker than like Mm -hmm. setting a routine of like 50 pages a day type thing. Because that at least like it builds the habit of reading because while I love reading, it is an activity I need to like designate time, attention and energy for because it takes me so long. So if I'm reading consistently, that's more likely to sustain my energy for it than sitting down and like, yeah, I'll have fun. And like, I'll block out an entire Sunday Mm -hmm. and just read a book or two. Mm -hmm. I will likely fall into a reading rut. So I'm Mm -hmm. a path. Hmm. I need to think. Let me think. Okay. I will say pass. That's going to be controversial. Um, And the reason I say pass is because if I read a story too fast, I will not absorb anything of what happened. Um, This happens most to me. I know, Ashlyn, you can turn. Um, you are, you also read at like flash level speed. Like you can do that. Um, I do this a lot with audiobooks. Um, so I will get to a point in an audiobook and I'll just like, I'll just listen to it like for the full eight hours of my workday and it'll be done. And I'll be like, holy cow. Will I remember the plot the next day? No, I will not. And I do genuinely like to enjoy books <laughs> and do it that way. Of course, if a if a story like sucks me in and I just that just kind of happens, then yeah, I'll kind of I'll smash on it. But the way I'm doing it now, I think I'm gonna pass. Agreed. Maybe that's why I'm a slow reader. Mm-hmm. I like also I need to fully visualize books and understand them. And I think if I read fast, I wouldn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> you want to see some real speed, bitch? <laughs> I have read 56 books this year as of recording this episode. Um, Again, flash I, level of speed. I think I could name all of them. But can you tell I, us what happened in each one? Could I tell you major plot events? Probably. Could I remember character names? Almost definitely not. Which is why one of my rating criteria is literally like how well I remember the book after reading it. Mm, because it, that's it, like, a good really point. sticks with me for a while after I've read it. Like I know it was a good book, but if I can't like remember anything, like it was only okay. Like I have a thriller that I think about to this day that I read over a year ago. And I yeah. think about it daily because of how ridiculously insane the plot twist was. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if, if anyone wants to read that awesome thriller, I have to find the name now. Uh, yes, please. Um, I am a thriller girly till I die. This is one of the best thrillers I've, I've ever read. It falls slightly more into horror, um, mm-hmm. but it is phenomenal and the twist of the book i think about 
daily. I read there we go. 50 books last year and I thought about that book every day. There we go. What is it called one more time? The Last Witness by Claire McFall. Okay. okay. Lauren, if you read it, I need you to text me. Adding it to my Goodreads. It's so good. Lauren, please stop. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. <laughs> no, I hated that. I hated that. That was a no. That was a no. I think, I think that is where we should end things tonight. So you run the outro. Go. All I'm right. Here we go. My bed. <laughs> all right so thank uh thank you guys for listening to this episode of smash or pass or this or that or i forgot the first thing so we're just gonna keep going <laughs> uh thank you for listening and go follow us on all those socials we've got instagram tiktok uh we've got twitter x whatever it's called uh go interact with lauren and go um please our f- please <laughs> uh <laughs> check out any of the books that we've read and please leave us recommendations uh, down below. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I missed. If there oh, is... Spotify. Oh yeah, go listen to Spotify, but I figured you were probably listening to it on something. So... <laughs> um, so, and if we have playlists later, I guess we'll let you know. <laughs> um, and with that, I will sign us off and I will say goodnight to you teasing trolls. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Raunchy Power Hour Gets Opinionated. Join us next week for the second part of November 9. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Raunchy Power Hour. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at the RPH Podcast. Send us book recs to our email, raunchypowerhour at gmail.com, or at the link in our bio on any of our socials. As always, stay raunchy. Stay raunchy.